0: Kierkegaard once said, life can only be understood backwards, but it to be lived forwards. Ain't that the truth? We're in this period, virtually all of us on this planet, where we're being forced to live forwards, a coronavirus life we most definitely do not understand. And to quote the words of another great mind, this time David Byrne of The Talking Heads, some days, maybe all days, It feels like we're living a road to nowhere. And how are we doing with that? What coping or non-coping mechanisms are we turning to? Well, that's the topic of today's Everyday Wonder, a New Orleans-based podcast that tries to find the hope, the sanity, or at least the community in these COVID-19 times. I'm Brett Will Taylor, locked up or locked down in Plano, Texas, which feels really far away from New Orleans. Joining me is our Everyday Wonder co-host, who has socially distanced herself from New Orleans by relocating to her beautiful waterfront home in Mississippi that maybe feels not as beautiful as it did six weeks ago. Renee, how are you?
1: I'm better. Thank you. Awesome.
0: I like that. And Daryl Rollo, our producer and occasional tri-host, who physically is just across the lake from New Orleans, but like the rest of us, may feel many heart years from the city we prefer to call home. So before we get into our conversation today, um, I want to ask a question that in normal times is such a trite question, but in these times, it feels among the most important. How are you all doing?
1: Uh, Well, you know, as with the rest of the world, I think uh, the best I can say is I'm doing as well as could be expected. Um, I think that all of us um, have been better or have seen better days. Hopefully, most of us have also, behind us, looking backwards, living backwards, seen worse. Uh, I've been quarantined for five weeks now, and uh, it's getting very, very old. And I, um, I'm not a person who can tread water for a long time. And I feel like that's what I've been doing. And um, life is passing me by, although life out there doesn't really exist. So maybe everyone else is treading water too. But this weekend, I decided to uh, broaden my social circle. And allow my grown children and my four grandkids back into my life. And uh, a lot of other grandparents my age have made decisions either like mine or continue to quarantine and have not seen their grandkids and their children, their grown children. So that was a huge uh, step forward for me. So that has taken me out of the inertia and ennui. I had a wonderful weekend, but it also has planted lots of seeds of doubts in my mind about what does this mean and am I taking chances? So um, I guess I'm about as well as can be expected. How about you, Daryl?
2: I have taken uh, the uncertainty of all this, and it has been a better week for me because I have chose to focus it in on myself. Uh, There was a lot of things that were out of my control uh, with me and my dieting and my continued success towards weight loss. I was having a setback with being so locked in with food, and uh, so I took control back and started intermittent fasting and uh, shopping better and trying to eat better and just have more control over my own personal you know, what I'm putting into myself and the exercise I'm doing to myself. So I've more focused it in on me and that's made things a little better, even though it's been a hard start for this week so far. Uh, I feel like I'm at least in control of myself right now, which is a good thing.
0: Congratulations, you know, that's our, great. Our listeners can't see uh, Renee or Daryl, but I have to say, Daryl, um, I see your light again. You know, it was out a bit the last 10 days or so. and I. Yeah. See- so I'm glad, and I have to say, you know, Renee, God love you, Southern woman that you are. Your hair looks fantastic. Uh, <laughs> she actually has style to her hair, which I haven't seen in, a, in um, anyone's hair in weeks. So I don't know how you pull it off, but uh, but you are, and um, and thank Besides you. Sign
1: of my improved mental health.
0: Well, there we go. If mental health gives you curls, there you go. There you go. You know, I, I for me, I'm actually I'm kind of starting to feel like this. Covid thing is like glitter after New Orleans just when you think it 's all gone or you think you 've got it under control you know you 've got the damn thing on your face or you find it in another corner waiting for you. Um, it just won 't go away and i don 't mean that physical from the physical or the scientific, but um it 's in our dreams it 's in our nightmares it 's in our waking moment it 's constant and um And Renee, you're right, you know, you um, launched us right into wisdom about um, doing about as well as can be expected, wish it was better, It's glad it's not worse. Um, It is where it is. And I I think fundamentally, Daryl, you mentioned this word, I think fundamentally, what we're all dealing with is uncertainty. Um, You know, we, again, back to to the talking heads, we do not know where we're going. And we don't even know how long it's going to take us to get there. In the in the consulting world, you aim people, you focus folks on a North Star so that even if they have to go through a lot of change, even if they have to go th- give up a lot of things, even if they don't like what you're asking them to do, there's a North Star that says, we're headed here, and when we get there, we'll be a better place. It's much how this country grew, right? We kept going to the West. That was our North Star. We don't have a North Star right now. Um, you know we 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 don't know we just don't know and we're such a hypermasculine society that wants answers and we want them now and none of that is here and and you know Renée you gave a little bit of a of a check in early but but how are you doing with the, dealing with the uncertainty
1: well, I don't think any of us are dealing with the uncertainty well. And, and although we do live in a hyper-masculine society, and I completely agree with you about that, I think that desire to have control and to know what's happening in your life and where you're going is, is not gender-based. I'm a planner. Um, I I love looking forward. I love looking at the horizon and deciding what's going to happen and being a big part of that. And to take that away from me is to make me um, incapable of being productive. It has taken away my motivation. Uh, people say, write the great American novel, do you know all these great things while you have the time. But the uncertainty of it all has taken that focus away from a lot of us, I think, because it's very hard to be creative and energetic and do new things when you just don't have that North Star. You don't know where you're going. And I think I'm suffering from what a lot of people are calling coronavirus burnout which is not job burnout at all. I sit on the porch. I, I don't have to, uh, to, to check in virtually from work or any of that sort of thing every day. But burnout is not about overwork or it's not only about overwork. It's about dealing with stress. It's about trauma. It's about psychological trauma. And it's about not being able to get out of the woods. And I am deeply in the woods right now. And, um, and I would love to find a place, even a clearing, where I could look up and see that North Star.
0: So I want to um, I want to un- underline and bold a word you said before. It's motivation because you and I have had this conversation that we're having right now several basically for five weeks, and you know I don't know if it's the guy in me or the heart. I don't know what it is, but but it wasn't until just the other day that I really heard you talk about motivation because you kind of erupted at me and I, you kept saying you can't get anything done. And I was like, well, try this or try this. And you said, you know, well, I'm not looking for something to try. I don't want to. So can you talk more about that lack of motivation? I mean, what does it feel like?
1: Well, it's inertia. It's, it's on It's the, it's, I mean, it's a lot like depression. And I think a lot of us as a society have societal depression. Uh, I think it's that feeling that you, um, you, that you are useless or incapable of doing things because against the great wall of what is out there, whatever you do is gonna be inconsequential. And, and I think that we have to work very hard to pull ourselves out of that. I think a lot of people are escaping this pandemic by uh, going inside themselves or by binge watching TV or by playing Candy Crush, which God knows, I won't even tell you what level I'm on because I'm pretty far up there. And I think that's all okay. Those are coping mechanisms, but I don't think that that gets you to the point where you can live your life fully when something like this is happening because you have the ability, with all of this coming against you, of doing something creative and instructional and constructive. And and I think you have to turn that corner. And how you turn that corner is is individualistic. Daryl, I'm interested that you finally have found the motivation to monitor what you're doing at home and not give in to Pringles and the you know, by the bushel. And what was the turning point for you? Uh,
2: for me, it was just, I had all of the, All I was doing, I figured out that I was good at doing was killing time. So if I was going to kill that time, I mean, I was good at that, you know, but I just needed to monitor what I was putting into my face. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't eat away my problems anymore or just eat out of boredom, which is really one of the main things. And I finally just had a stopping point where I was like, I can't control anything right. I can't control, you know, when I'm going out next or when I'm going to see my mother next, but I can't control what I'm putting into my fat face, you know, and. Uh,
1: you think that the possibility of lifting some of these regulations and maybe being able to get out more? I mean, what gave you hope? What gave you a glimmer of, I can do this? Because that's what I'm having struggle with. I don't want to look at the fall with no jazz fest, no voodoo fest, no French quarter fest. I don't want to look at a year of treading water and say, I can do this. Because I'm going to be as depressed in October as I am now, if that's indeed what we're going to have to to do to get through this.
2: Well, for me, it would have been even more so because if I continued, if I were to gain weight that I'd already lost, and then they, you know, it's just that much more work I would have had to do when everything does open back up. So I didn't want to lose ground. And I guess that was what I was looking at is not losing the ground that I'd gained already, you know, because I'd already done well. And I was using my past success as a motivator, I guess, to continue to do well, other than let that slip. And then when October does roll around or November and some of this does start to get more normalized, I'm not coming out 30, 40 pounds heavier than what I should have been when I went into it, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, Brett Will, you have a, you have a, a graphic that you use to pull people through this cycle, you show me, and you have to go down and then come up again, right? What's that called?
0: Um, I call it the transition curve. It's similar to what um, a lot of folks use when you talk about grief counseling. And so um, it's really it's related to change. And that's, again, part of the, you know, we are experiencing uncertain times as we are asked to go through unimaginable changes in our lives. And um, where the curve can help people is. Despite the uncertainty, it at least normalizes how you're feeling, right? And I think, Renee, you mentioned a minute ago that a lot of people are going inside of themselves. And I think that's because a lot of us don't want to admit that we're not handling this well, right? Um, and so, what the transition curve does is it lets you know that it is totally okay to be pissed off, terrified, resentful lost, etc. And it is, it's like a little dip. It's like almost like a U and there's five emotions. And um, the goal is that you go from complete denial to total acceptance. And in between those two are are some other emotions. Um, And it's helpful for some folks in terms of grounding them into what they're feeling. Because again, when there's no North Star, when it's basically darkness, you can at least point to one of those five emotions. I think where even that curve gets tricky is, again, we're on a road to nowhere. So we don't know what we're changing to. We're just constantly changing. And so, what I find to be one of the maddening things about this is I will go from despair or feeling lost to then the next day, it's like, I got this. Okay, I can do it. Um, like I, so, like, I'll then two days later, I'll be where Daryl is. And then three days later, I'm where you are, Renee. And then I kind of drop down into this abyss. It's like, am I okay? Am I not okay? And then I go back up and I go back down. Um, And, you know, that's exhausting. Um, And I think one of the things we are struggling with as a society is to admit that this is exhausting. You don't have to be in the ER. You don't have to be in the ICU. You don't have to be working in a grocery store all kinds of hours um, to be exhausted by this. It's a different form of exhaustion. Um, But a friend of mine pointed out to me the other day, I'll go to the grocery store. She's like, think how complicated it has become to go to the grocery store. One of the most mindless things that we used to do, or I love to shop, I love to cook. So going to the grocery store is one of my favorite things. Well, now there's all kinds of calculations. So I think we get... um, I think we, we're all exhausted. If something like the transition curve helps people, um, that's great, we can certainly put it up on our site. Um, but, uh, but it is, it's exhausting.
1: Well, and it's also very frustrating because you talk about cooking. And what I do is I start to make something and realize I need one ingredient and you can't just run out and get it anymore. So then you sort of throw your hands up and say, well, why make it at all? So I think the transition curve is helpful because it shows that there's a universality to these feelings. It shows that Absolutely. all of have these emotions and that they're not unique, uh, that there's a commonality there. But I also think that the U-shape for me is more... Uh, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, like constant like endless m's or endless w's because you feel like you can you can deal with it one day and then the next you're back down in that uh, in that hole again. I think we're on the cusp now of of actually seeing some change in our circumstances, either good or bad, it could go either way, but I think that after four or five weeks of most of us really trying to be good citizens and do the right thing. I think now we're saying, well, maybe we can broaden our social circle and be with our grandkids. Maybe we can put on a mask and go to the grocery store if we're missing an ingredient. Um, But the uncertainty of whether or not that is true and the uncertainty of us killing a bunch of people if we do that puts us right back down at the bottom of that curve, I think. So it's very challenging.
0: I think it does, and you know, and I'm 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 so happy you said that, Renee, because we know how some Americans are dealing with that, and they have turned into zombie protesters and taken to state capitals, um, and um, are saying enough, done, and are leaving whatever apparently minimal intelligence they had um, behind. Um, And then on the other side, again, of that curve are folks who are, for whatever motivation. Are still playing by all of the rules, such as we know them. Though so they are, conf- you know, they're confusing. They have, they literally have not left their house. They have not gone into a store. They swab down every single package that comes in. Um, and and God love those folks um, because you know that's 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 admirable. Um, Though that sometimes I wonder about their narcissistic tendencies. But but in the middle are the rest of us, as you said, Renee, who I think are trying or we want to do the right thing, you know? We're, and I think we're trying to be thoughtful, um, but it's just hard. And and one of the things I always look at with things like this is I try to think of mindset. So you have a tool like a transition curve, right? That says, you're pick which one of these five emotions you're feeling. Um, but mindset is so important because mindset is about how do you look at that curve? What are you What are you open to it doing? Um, uh, how are you going to respond to what you find from it? And I think when you say burnout, you know that's a mindset killer because and then that gets to the motivation piece, right? If you're burned out, if you don't have any motivation, somebody can show you a hundred tools that are all wonderful, and it's going to be like, eh, whatever. I know two weekends ago. I felt like I came up for air for the first time since this started. And, um, and again, very clear that um, as this virus goes, I'm very blessed um, in terms of how it's affected me um, because we're all healthy, we have jobs, um, we're not on the front lines. But, I, but still, there's a lot of stress. And um, when I came up for air, and there was this moment of elation of coming up for air, um, and of having made that first wave, and then there was this terror because I had no air, I was completely depleted. there was nothing left and um, and so I unplugged I unplugged from being unplugged uh, for a couple of days just to see um, how I wanted to respond to that, what kind of mindset, and uh, you know, I emerged determined. Um, to have my own mini North Star, if you will, um, which is curiosity. Um, and that uh, whenever I feel lost or despondent or thrown off by other people's responses, um, I look for ways to be curious. I look for for ways to retain an element of curiosity because um, I'm somebody who has to learn. I mean, you talk about... The social aspect, your grandkids. Um, if I can't learn, there's no reason for me to be here. So curiosity is what I look for right now.
1: Well, you're—I know you're a seeker, just like my husband describes, self-describes himself as a seeker, and I like to learn things too. But you know, when you say it's about mindset and burnout kills the mindset, I couldn't agree with you more. But what we're missing there is that burn—that burnout is not a choice. This is nobody's choice. This is not—you know—it's very simple to say. I, it's a lot easier to say, I'm going to change my mindset than it is to change your mindset.
0: Absolutely. That's right.
1: So it's not like I can, that's why I was asking Daryl earlier, what, what got you off, you know, off the, off the stool, off the chair, what got you the place you needed to go? For me, it was deciding, okay, I can't do this alone. I'm going to open my circle. Uh, because I do think that that you have to find something to change your mindset or to put yourself in a good mindset and I do think you go back and forth and I don't think any of us chose to have this you know this kind of burnout you know they're talking about decision anxiety they're talking about how things that should be simple are becoming very very complex so that you're like oh my god what am I going to cook the kids for dinner I just can't decide I'm sitting there and I'm staring at the At the refrigerator trying to figure out what i'm going to pull down from the freezer and i can't make that decision and all of that is a very real psychological traumatic uh reaction to what is going on and it puts us in a very bad mindset i'm trying to improve the mindset i think hope for me curiosity for you hope for me is what does it and i think if i can look ahead and hope that we may get eventually to another jazz fest or another session with my grandkids maybe with Daryl, it's the hope that he can um, go out and get on a stage one day and be in front of people and, you know, not be, you know, housebound and heavy, then I think that maybe that's what does it for us. But but it's very hard to find the triggers to change our mindset from negative to positive, particularly at this time. And I think that's what is causing a lot of us, a lot of distress. And I, you know, you unplugged and I've been unplugged. I sit on a porch all day. Uh, For me, being unplugged has Kind of led to some of the inertia because it's just so easy to sit there and and play Candy Crush and or watch billions on TV or Tiger King, which of course all of us have and did, and um, and think well then that keeps me from having to make these anxiety decisions or wonder about what's going to happen. And it's the uncertainty that's putting us in this negative mindset, and the uncertainty well, is not going away, not anytime soon.
0: Oh no, no, and I don't think. Um, and when I say unplugged from unplugged. Um, you know you can choose to not have motivation. you can choose to be burned out or not burned out. I mean Daryl, I think fundamentally what you talked about is choosing differently and and for me, um, unplugging was not a pleasant experience um, because what it was about was really three days of every single time I got anxious it's, it's, it's about going inside and basically saying, "Where is that fundamental thing um that anchor that north star that can keep me going in very difficult times because i think um you know and i so appreciate reneé you saying so many over and over this is hard um because it is and i think what gets lost in some of the pieces out there there are, here's three ways to survive or whatever is the um the um implicit premise is that you do these things and life will magically be better. You right. know, I'm not finding things easy because I'm trying to keep myself curious and look for the curiosity, actively look. Um, but I am keeping myself engaged, I guess. Um,
1: well, I think, I think the lesson is it takes energy. It takes determination, it right. motivation. It, you have to be mindful. To, yep. to get your mind set in the right place. And it's interesting because, um, I, you know, the, it, it, you sent me, um, you sent me an article about, about anxiety and, uh, and burnout. And, and burnout. And I was like, oh, wow, he's speaking my language now. And I read through it and I found a lot of good stuff to it. And then I found stumbled across an article that really spoke to me, which was not in my Ballywick at all. And it was a totally a Brett Will Taylor thing, but it was six sayings from Buddha that might help you. And I am not an Eastern, you know, religious, knowledgeable person at all. And these Are you sitting to... in the
0: lotus position right now, Renee? No,
1: I am not sitting in the lotus position. In <laughs> fact, I don't even find that a comfortable position, either physically <laughs> or mentally. But, uh, but I do think that, um, that some of these are just so simple. And I think that's what we need to get back to is the basics. Because it's just things like self-love, forgiveness, thankfulness. Things that are very tried and very self-helpy and, you know, it can be taken to weird. But, you know, Buddha said them, so it's okay. And
0: uh, <laughs> look where and it got I, him. So why not? Let's
1: try and not that nice. was like, believe nothing. No matter where you are, what you read, who said it, no matter if you've said it yourself, don't believe it unless it agrees with your own reason. And in this day, when we were being deluged with all of this contradictory and negative and ugly stuff, that really spoke to me. So the idea of, of turning inward in a positive way to say, look, you're an okay person. You're doing the best you can. Don't believe anything that you hear out there unless it really resonates with who you are as a person. I think what we're having to find out in this is to learn to like ourselves. We've been so busy running out there in the world doing things. We haven't spent this much time with ourselves, probably most of us, since we were children. And, and I think that that is, um, it, it's, it's, it's constructive, uh, but it also can be a little daunting, I think.
0: It's daunting and it's uncomfortable. And um, I mean, if it's comfortable, you're not doing it. Uh, right. No right or wrong, but if it's comfortable, you're not doing it. And I, you know, one of the things I'm pretty passionate about, and Renee, you've heard me, heard me go off on self-help, which I will not do.
1: That's uh, okay.
0: But one of the things I'm really passionate about is I'm getting um, into
1: my lotus position. Go ahead.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, is we're all already doing so many of those simple things anyway, in our own way. They just get bogged down with all the static out there. And so, you know, Daryl, you were making, you decided in your way to make choices that were based on your values that were based on what you knew. And that, and it sounds like that was not hard or that right. was not hard, right? right. I mean, I, you know, I've watched both of you now for five as well, and there are three weeks between the season. And, you know, Daryl, again, your light was off for the last 10 days or so, you know, Renee, I can personally attest to many of the conversations we've had, most of them not part of a podcast and how much you've struggled and yet you went through a process. It's not that you didn't lo- know you loved your daughters and your grandkids, but you went through your own process that was like, oh, my God, I follow the rules. I'm so big on following society's rules, but I need my family. And so you, f- you chose your values. And I think what is, to me, so beautiful about that piece, which we can also share, which are here's six things. Um, What's beautiful is if we can receive it in that place of, do these, do these align with my values or not? Because fundamentally, there is no right or wrong way to get through uncertainty. I think like life, we have to find our own way. And what's particularly challenging about these times is the way that feels right today may feel wrong on Thursday, you know? I mean, yeah. my... And I are living in this world where we're on a diet. We're on a diet. We're going to eat healthy, and it feels so good. And then it's like, oh my god, I need a water burger. And so we're like, fine, get a water burger. You know, we're living in a pandemic. Get a water burger, and um, because that's what's right for those times.
1: And my my thing is, I can see indulging in the water burger, but who touched it? Can I can I hold the bag? Uh, you know.
0: See, you've never been a gay man there I won't go into the details I'm like what if I haven't died yet let me tell you
1: I know I know but the rest of us are wondering about who touched it and um and and I think that the one of the problems with this pandemic is that or one of the difficult things of those of us who sit and think about it is that when we come out of our hibernation the uncertainty is only going to get worse because we have studies and charts and people telling us that if we don't do this or if we don't do that or if everybody doesn't do this and everybody doesn't do that, that it's only going to come back even worse than it was before and everyone's going to die and it's going to be terrible. So I think that because we don't have a World War II kind of mentality of the whole country is in this for as long as it takes and we're all working together, because there are there is no from the top down Uh, agreement on what to do and how to do it and how to get the right tests and and make them available and all this sort of thing, I think that we are left to our own devices to make our own decisions about what's okay and what's not. And that leads to even greater uncertainty. Uh, So on the one hand, I've been very gladdened by how seriously Americans have taken this when they didn't have to. And on the other hand, I've been very disheartened by the fact that a lot of people still are not taking it seriously. And, And the impact on that as we widen our circles, or as I decide to widen my circle to keep from going crazy, is that we really do impact one another's lives and and there's not only an uncertainty about where the world is going, but there is a codependence on other people in our world. that makes that uncertainty even more magnified. So it becomes uh, one of your kinds of problems. I'll just look up at the North Star and, and the North Star and try to
0: or the North Star or throw the North Star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Daryl, what's your take on all this? I don't know. Um...
2: Like as far as like Renee was saying about like people we're i 'm starting to relax a little bit and take the gamble as it were uh, we went out like you know I was very arduant about if we get packages, those packages need to stay outside uh, uh, all hands need to be washed, even if I was wearing gloves because you can 't hurt you know it can 't hurt to wash one more time, but it 's starting to drive my wife out of her mind like she 's getting to the point where we were having people do our shopping for us through a shopping service, and then that wasn 't working out very good because we were having a hard time finding a window that they had to accept it. So we were waiting long time for groceries and then they weren't ever getting what we wanted because the stores were so picked over. So eventually my wife had to just be like, look, you're just going to have to let me go to the store. And this is, we're going to have to start opening ourselves up a little bit more to, you know, so I've had to do that and it's scary to me, but what I'm doing is I'm making a list when I go around of people that aren't wearing gloves. So we went to
0: Wendy's today they weren't wearing gloves. I'll never go back there again. (laughs) think that makes sense yeah like in our family we will go to whataburger we are not going to go to sonic right now because yeah. we looked at each other and we're like no that's just not i not. think
1: that's the way the future because i think that what you talked about the the hyper masculine society at the beginning and and i think that people are going to try to control what they can exactly so if if you can control Going someplace where your risk aversion is not as hyper because people are wearing gloves or masks or because they're wiping carts for you or because uh, people seem to be taking this seriously, then I think that you have you have tried to control the uncertainty. I think that's how we I, deal I think with that's that. right.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, um, you know, I want to leave us today while also teeing up the next time, which is, you know... The shaman in me and I has taken journeys before where you spend months not knowing and just over and over saying I don't know, I don't know, and I will attest that is a wonderful shaman journey to take. But
1: I, that's why you're a shaman and I'm not. You know,
0: I, I also am blessed that I have friends like Renee and Daryl um, and many others and a partner who will be like, that's great, but we don't, you're, we're not all shamans. Like, what the hell are we going to do? And I think. Those of us who are not using the opportunity of coronavirus to go on a shaman's journey are indeed, as Renee just said, looking for something we can control. Mm -hmm. Whether that control is I can control who I now I will control who I invite in my house and what I will control the choices. Um, But I think that's right. I think. um, And that's my curiosity. I can't control the big North Star, but I can control identification of a personal life.
1: And I think there's a journey here too, just like Daryl said, in that you the longer you go through this, the less easy it is to be in control of, of what you're doing. The the girls in the in the in the 30 somethings next door to me were saying that they were really careful for two or three weeks, but then it got really hard. And so they're not doing it so much anymore. And I think deciding to go out to the store, whatever, it's hard to keep that to sustain the kind of journey that a shaman will do for months and weeks for the rest of us who have attention
0: spans of a two-year-old. Sorry. Well, I I'm, the...
1: I'm sorry. I, I just.
0: <laughs> oh no, I happen to agree with you. I mean, I, my sister and I talk about having a foot in both worlds and um, you know, I have, I have friends who live in the shaman space such as it, it is um, who are like, we should bring everybody over here. And I just don't think that's the way the world works Um, or turns, um, you know, I guess what I would do to to wrap this up is I think, um, in uncertainty, we all are trying to find what we can control. Um, and the challenge here is that is a never ending quest because what we can control today, we can't control tomorrow or what feels good to be controlled today doesn't work on Mm -hmm. next week. Um, so it feels like that's what we've been talking about today, but I also want to tee up our next discussion, which we're just, we're going to have in just a couple of days, which is this, how do we decide what we can control? How do we choose? How do we, how do we make up whatever the new rules are or who, who
1: gets it? to make those new rules?
0: And who gets to make those rules? And I mean, right now in the very, very late, um, April um, we happen to be in a country where it's like everyone gets to make up the rules, um, which is maddening. And I think it means that um, probably more than other pandemics in a way, maybe, hope I don't bungle my history here, um, the individual choice in making the rules is greater than it usually is, at least in America, um, because we have a government that's open, but isn't open. We have states that are open, but the cities are open, or the cities open and the government, the state's closed. Um, is it a reach, is it a zip code thing? How is it gonna work? And
1: it's right back to uncertainty and burnout, but go ahead. That's
0: right, that's right. And so, I, you know, when we come back, um, if, if this episode wraps up saying, well, part of how you live with uncertainty is you try to look at what you can control, and please be gentle and realize that your control is not somebody else's. I think when we come back, it is one of the things we can control our rules. I mean, rules are one way of controlling things, right? right. Um, who's, gonna, who's making them up? And, uh, and what does that say about us? So, but that's for another conversation. But for today, um, Daryl and Renee and all of our listeners, thank you so much. And if you're listening in, um, please remember to subscribe to Everyday Wonder um, on our website. Um, which is um, or whatever platform you're using to listen to this. And uh, thank you for listening and please stay safe however you choose to control that.